This episode of Full Armor Radio is brought to you by CR101 Radio Network. CR101 Radio Network is a Christian reconstruction internet radio station that hosts and broadcasts lectures, sermons, and podcasts 24-7. You can learn more at CR101Radio.com. We're also brought to you by GCS Apprenticeship Program, which is dedicated to training the next generation of Christian teachers so they can own and operate successful and profitable Christian schools. You can learn more at gcsapprenticeship.com. And now to the show. Radio. I'm John O'Rourke. Um, today I am, as you can see if you're watching the video, I'm in a different location. I have um, a big giraffe behind me, Maximilian the giraffe behind me, um, today for this podcast. And um, today I'm wearing my, my Sola Fide hat, which you know what that means. It means we're going to be talking about Sola Fide today. I just made that up. That's not necessarily always the case. But I think last time I wore this hat, I also was talking about Sola Fide. Can't remember. Um, but I want to talk today about um, an article, an article from the Gospel Coalition. And the article is about American quote unquote Christians who do not believe the gospel. So let's go ahead and, and get into it and, and we'll see, you'll see what I mean. Um, so the article was called um, Survey. Majority of American Christians don't believe the gospel, which, of course, means you're not a Christian, which is ultimately where this article ends up going. Um, so here, here's the article. I'm going to read through the article, um, and then I'll just show some Bible verses. This is really important. Um, there, are, there are a ton of professing Christians in America who just have no clue what the gospel is. And um, I've experienced this personally when doing evangelism. If you ever listen to the Evangelism Encounters podcast um, that I do uh, weekly on Thursdays that I have I put out on Thursdays where it's recorded conversations of, of me talking to people doing evangelism, you'll see that a number of those people profess to be Christians, yet they have absolutely no clue what the gospel actually is. And that's what this article is all about as well. Here's what the article says. It says, the story. A new survey finds that a majority of people who describe themselves as Christian accept a works-oriented means to God's acceptance. The background. A survey conducted by the Cultural Research Center at Arizona Christian University find that American adults today increasingly adopt a salvation-can-be-earned perspective. A plurality of adults, 48%, believe that if a person is generally good or does, or does enough good things during their life, they will earn a place in heaven. Only one-third of adults, 35%, disagree. And that's just sad. That's just sad. We have not done a good job preaching the gospel, clearly. People don't know it. About half of adults believe that you can earn salvation. All right. A majority of Americans who describe themselves as Christian, which is 52% of Americans, also accept a works-oriented means to God's acceptance. Even those associated with churches whose official doctrine says eternal salvation comes only through embracing Jesus Christ as Savior. That's a key point here. 
even the people in your churches, your Orthodox churches, the churches that on your website, your belief statement, your what we believe tab is totally right. That does not mean that the people in the church are Christians. It does not mean that they understand the gospel or believe the gospel. And that's what I've seen in my experience. And that's what uh, this survey also confirms. It goes on. Almost half of all adults associated with Pentecostal, 46%, mainline Protestant, 44%, and evangelical, 41% of churches, as well as nearly two-thirds of Catholics hold that view. Now, the Catholics, that's 70% of Catholics, that's no surprise, because it actually is what their doctrine teaches, that you can be saved by faith and your works, by grace and your merit. Um, they would not say you're saved by faith alone, apart from works. Um, but what you have here is interesting. Your Pentecostals, there's a wide variety of different Pentecostals out there. Your mainline Protestant, which I assume means your large denominations that are typically kind of liberal. And then your evangelical, which would be ones that, at least according to the name, would have the gospel. They all pretty much have the same percentage. Pentecostal, 46%. Protestant, 44%. And evangelical, 41%. They... Um, they believe in a, in a, a works oriented, um, you know, a works oriented way of a, a achieving salvation or God's acceptance. Let's see. So it goes on. Well, about 65% of American adults describe themselves as Christians. Only about half or 54% believe they'll experience heaven after they die. And that's, and that's sad too. That means there's a lot of people who don't understand the gospel there either. They don't have a, sh they don't understand that, they will go to heaven if Jesus has really saved them. Um, now, maybe this is just an issue of, of uh, assurance, and that's another, another issue altogether. Some, some real Christians, they don't question whether Jesus is the Savior. They question whether they themselves have actually been born again, and that's a different, a different subject and a topic for another day. It goes on, only one-third of adults, 33%, believe they will go to heaven solely because of confessing their sins and embracing Jesus as their Savior. 33%. Yikes. Another one in five experience, expecting to experience heaven are counting on earning their way in or because they embraced, embrace universalism, which is that God will let all people into heaven. Among those with other views, 15% said they don't know what will happen after they die. 13% said there's no life after death. 3% expect to be reincarnated. And another 8% believe they'll go to a place of purification prior to entering heaven, a.k.a. purgatory. A mere 2% believe they will go to hell. Not surprising. People tend to be self-righteous. That's a, I think this is just of Americans in general. Based on age groups, just 20% of people age 13 to 29 believe that they will that when they die, they will go to heaven only because they have confessed their sins and accept uh, Jesus as their Savior. So just 20 people in that, 20% rather, of people in the age group of 13 to 29 um, really understand the gospel, at least of those who are surveyed. 30% of those who are 30 to 49 years old and 40% of 50 of adults 50 and older hold that belief as well of, of they'll go to heaven only because of Jesus. Women were more likely than men, 36% versus 30% respectively. So women, 36%. Those and those who have conservative political views are much more likely to hold that belief. 52%. 
than were political moderates, 28% are liberals. More than one-third of whites and blacks, 35% each, also held this view compared to only one-quarter of Hispanics, which did, which is 25%. Anyway, so what does, what does this mean? They go on to say, what does it mean? Christians who believe that salvation can be earned, Christians who believe that salvation can be earned need to read the New Testament. Well, that's certainly true. They need to be told the gospel and understand the gospel. The gospel, they, they go on, it says, the gospel of Matthew tells of a rich young man who asked Jesus what good works he must do to inherit eternal life, Matthew 19, 16. Jesus responded that if a man wanted to be judged by his works, then he must keep the entire law and do so perfectly. The young man thought he had done enough good works to earn a place in heaven because he was judging himself by man-made standards rather than the perfect standard of God. But that's not how it works. As the Apostle James clarifies, forever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles in one point, he's become guilty of all. Right, so in order to go to heaven by works, you've got to be perfect according to God's law summarized in the Ten Commandments. Nobody is perfect. Does that. Nobody keeps the law perfectly. So he goes on, because we can't keep the law perfectly, we have, we have to rely on someone who did, Jesus. When we believe in who Jesus and what he did, excuse me, when we believe in who Jesus and what he did, our faith is credited as righteousness, Romans 4, 5. That's the good news. That's the gospel. Indeed it is. Justification by faith alone. The gospel according to Paul is simultaneously an affirmation of who Jesus is as well as of what he has done. In Romans 1, Paul says he has set apart, he was set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through, the, through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son, who was descended from David according to the flesh. And he and was declared to be the son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. And then in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says, I'd remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word that I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as a first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. Simon Gathercole Uh, summarizes the Pauline definition of the gospel as God's account of his saving activity in Jesus the Messiah, in which by Jesus' death and resurrection, he atones for sin and brings new creation. Our faith in Jesus, not our works, makes us right with God. And that's a pretty decent definition. I would also add, as they mentioned before, Jesus' righteousness that he earned by keeping the law being imputed to the sinner. That's the righteousness of God that is received by faith and not by works. As it is written, the just shall live by faith, or the one who by faith is just shall live, or the one who by faith is righteous shall live. Other ways you could say that. There is, of course, more to the gospel than the good news about our salvation being purchased by Jesus, and through faith in him, sinful men and women are reconciled to a holy God. That is the central point of the gospel. Um, Justification is the center of the gospel. It is what Paul says is the gospel in Romans chapter 1 which is, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God, salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for in it, that is, in the gospel, um, the righteousness of God is revealed beginning and ending in faith, as it is written, the one who by faith is righteous shall live. Um, Romans 1, I think that's Romans 1, 16 and 17. And then um, 1 Corinthians 15, as they quoted, it's what Jesus did, that he died for our sins, rose again, etc., so he goes, they go on in the article, this survey shows that too many Christians aren't Christians at all. There it is. He's exactly right. 
many professing Christians are not Christians at all in reality. They don't believe the gospel because they don't know the gospel, right? They don't know it. They don't believe it. They reject it. Ultimately, they are trusting in their own good works. As he goes on, they are not relying on the finished work in Christ by trusting that their own works will, will be judged worthy by God. So they're trusting in themselves rather than trusting in the finished work of Jesus. There are many reasons why this belief is prevalent among self-identified Christians, but a primary cause is that they likely haven't heard the gospel. And I couldn't agree more. I think that's absolutely true. I talk to people who go to church and who profess Christ. And after I share the gospel with them, I'll ask them, have you heard that before? A lot of times they'll say, no, not really. I mean, kind of, some, some of it. They had heard about Jesus. They had heard that he died on the cross, but they never understood what that accomplished or what that actually did. So they hadn't really heard the gospel. He goes on in the article, this may seem like an absurd claim since Christian leaders in America appear to be constantly talking about the gospel, but this is partially due to self-selection bias. If you're the type of person who would visit the website of the Gospel Coalition to read an article about how American Christians don't believe the gospel, you probably assume most Christians are also familiar with the gospel. Even in gospel-centered churches, though, we can't take for granted that the good news has been fully heard. As my friend and pastor Eric Saunders says, when you get tired of talking about a subject, it is usually when you, yeah, when you get tired of talking about a subject is usually when your audience is just starting to pay attention to your message. Uh, that may or may not be true. It's an anecdote. He says, this survey should be a reminder how easy, easy it is for people to slip back into relying on themselves and how we need to constantly proclaim the gospel to ourselves and to our neighbors until we fully realize that we can only be rescued from our sin through what Jesus accomplished by his life, death, and resurrection. Amen. So that's the article, um, but there's some takeaways from it, obviously. Um, nothing new for me in there, but hopefully I'm trying to get this message across to you that there are probably people in your church, even if your church is pretty good, who don't understand the gospel, number one, Secondly, there are Christian friends outside of your church who you assume know the gospel, but don't necessarily. Let me tell a story about that. There was a girl that I did evangelism. Uh, I, I talked to share the gospel with her, and there was a, uh, a video of it. And I had two friends, independent of one another, say, I know that girl. I thought she was a Christian. But see, the girl had no understanding of the gospel. She had no understanding even that God's the only true God. She believed that there were a plurality of gods. But yet she was in their Baptist church or was in the Baptist, a Baptist Bible study with them or something. See, I think we assume too quickly oftentimes that, you know, that everybody who says they're a Christian around us knows the gospel. What we often do is say, well, yeah, the gospel is so important. The gospel, the gospel, the gospel. But people don't bother. People don't bother to actually, to actually, you know, define what the gospel, what the gospel is. So saying the term gospel doesn't mean a thing unless you define what it is. There's plenty of false gospels out there that people call the gospel, but it isn't the gospel. So let's, let's go through real quick. I just wanted to, to show a few verses um, about why we are, you know, say by faith apart from works, we are justified by faith apart from works and how seriously important that is. So those surveys, you know, from the article were indicating that a lot of people trust in themselves. They say they're Christians, but they trust in their good works. What's the Bible have to say about that? 
Galatians 2, 16. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. Now, justified, if you don't know, means to be legally declared righteous in God's sight. Like he said in that article, and we said before, you have to be perfect in order to go to heaven. You have to be perfectly righteous. Well, since we're sinners, we need somebody else's righteousness. So Jesus can transfer his perfect law-keeping righteousness to my account so that before God, I am declared just, I'm declared righteous. It's like if I earned, you know, a billion dollars and I transfer it to somebody's bank account. They didn't earn any of it, but now it's on their account. It's like that, that Jesus earned righteousness. I didn't do anything, but he earned it all and transferred it to my account so that I stand before God as perfect, which is the requirement to be accepted by him. You must be perfect. So he says in this text in Galatians 2.16 that in order to be justified, that is declared righteous on account of what Jesus did, it's by faith apart from works. He says it three times. It's not by works of the law, but by faith in Jesus. Later on in Galatians, Galatians chapter 5, verse 2, he says, Look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. Let me stop there. The issue here is that people were saying, yes, you have to believe in Jesus, but you also have to be circumcised in order to be saved, in order to be justified. It's faith plus works, faith plus circumcision in this case. So Paul's response to that is, if you accept circumcision, that is, as a means of being saved, Christ will be of no advantage to you. Meaning it's either Jesus only, or it's you only. It can't be Jesus plus my works, right? It has to be Jesus only. He goes on, I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. Meaning, if you end up trying to be justified by even one work of the law, like circumcision, well, then you got to go all the way and be try to be justified by all of it. Meaning that you, you, in order, only way that you can go to heaven by trying to earn your way there is to be perfect. And guess what? You can't be perfect. So you're going to be under the condemnation of God. If you try to earn salvation by works, even on one bit, one one point of the law, like circumcision, then you are obligated to keep the whole law all by yourself, which is very bad news. Verse 4, he says, you are severed from Christ, you who would be justified by the law. You have fallen away from grace. Right? So, saying, if you say you're a Christian, but you trust in even one of your works, you are not united with Christ. You are severed from him. You have fallen away from grace. And what that means is, not that you've lost your salvation. That's false. It means is that you have completely abandoned a gracious system of salvation. You've abandoned a gracious gospel. <clears throat> if you try to be justified by any bit of the law, and say, no, it's Jesus and me. He's saying, Christ, you are severed from Christ and you have fallen away from grace. Meaning that, that grace, you're no longer talking about grace anymore if it has to do with your obedience. Romans 11.6 says it this way. But if it's by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace would no longer be grace. You see, salvation is either by grace or it's by works. It's either a free gift or you earn it. It's one or the other. If it's by grace, it cannot be by works. It can't be grace plus works. That's a contradiction. It's either grace or it's works. If you try to earn salvation, you will fail because you're not perfect. The only way you can be saved is by a free gift. Grace. Another text, Titus 3, 3 to 7. We ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. 
let's stop there. Isn't that a totally accurate you know, description of us apart from Christ, hated by others and hating one another? <clears throat> Perfect description of me before I was born again. Verse four, but when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our savior appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. What a great text. The point is, it's not by our works, it's by mercy and grace, what what God has done. And finally, a very clear text, um, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It's the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. You see, salvation is a free gift. It's not what you do. It's something that God does for you. So if you're a professing Christian, you've got to get the gospel right in order to be a real Christian. Okay, that means you have to stop trusting in your own good works, not even one of them. You say, no, all of my works are garbage. That's what Paul said. They are rubbish. They are dung. So that's what we need to say too. All my works mean nothing. They, they give me no advantage. It's only what Jesus did. And if you trust that Jesus kept the law on your behalf, that he took the penalty on the cross in your place, that he died to suffer for your sins instead of you having to suffer for your sins, that he died and rose again, that he was the Lord over all. If you really trust in him and stop trusting in yourself to save you, if you trust in him as the savior, then you will be saved. He is a perfect savior and he saves all who will trust in him alone. And those who trust in him alone are always going to be repentant of their sins, meaning the sins that they once loved, they now hate. So you can't say, appreciate it, Jesus. Thank you for saving me. Now I can sin all I want. That would indicate that you're not really born again, that you're not really a Christian. You have to repent of your sins, meaning you turn your back on them and say, I hate my sin. And look at yourself and say, I am a miserable sinner, worthy of hell, but I trust that what Jesus did will count for me, that he took the penalty on the cross in my place, that he kept the law in my place, that my sins were laid on him and that he took the penalty, that his righteousness is laid on me and that I get um, accepted by God because of Jesus' righteousness, not my righteousness, but Jesus's alone. And if you are a Christian who understands the gospel, I just have this this word to you as a, as a final word again. Lots and lots of professing Christians around us don't understand the gospel, and we don't even know it. So it's important to be speaking of the gospel. I don't mean saying the word gospel. I mean what the gospel actually is, talking about what Jesus did to save his people from their sins. Talking about how it's received by faith alone, apart from works. These are essential, essential to the Christian faith. If you, like they said in that article, they're right. If you don't believe that, you don't believe the gospel, you're not a Christian. Simple as that, okay? So I'd encourage you, your friends around you, make sure that you're speaking the same language when you use the word gospel. Make sure you're on the same page. Make sure that you yourself understand the gospel and that your Christian friends understand the gospel. Uh, You don't want people to be um, self-deceived in the church. We think they're Christians, but they never really understood the gospel. It's really, really important. So I would encourage you, um, if you talk to somebody and say, are you a Christian? And they say, yes, that doesn't mean they believe the gospel. 
okay? It just means that they think they're a Christian. So it's important. I talk to a lot of self-professed Christians. I don't just say, oh, great, you're a Christian already? Great, I'm gonna leave you alone. I still go through the gospel with them because more times than not, they don't know the gospel. They just go to church. They have churchianity, right? They go to church, but they don't know the gospel. They're still trusting that they're a good little boy or a good little girl, and that's gonna be good enough to get them into heaven. And it's just not because they're not perfect. So um, the takeaway, there's a lot, of work, a lot of work to be done in America. There is a lot of fake Christians. There's a lot of fake gospel preaching. There's a lot of uh, people who think they know the gospel but don't. It's very, very important that we get this down and get this uh, straight. If you have any questions for me personally, you hear this, if you have any questions, please contact me um, at john.fullarmor. That's full, F-U-L-L, armor, A-R-M-O-U-R, at gmail.com, john.fullarmor at gmail.com. Uh, you can contact me through the website as well, fullarmorministries.org. If you have questions about the gospel or any, anything about the Bible, please let me know. I'd be happy to talk to you about it. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and sign off um, for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this is encouraging to you. I hope it gets you thinking. And um, thanks again, and God bless you.